Good morning, listeners. The date is February 19th, 2024, and you are listening to episode 7 of A New Era Podcast. My name is Hanson, better known as Freddy Online, and I am here with my dad, the OG Fred. Dad, would you like to say hey to the listeners this morning? Yeah, hey, listeners. What's up? How's your, how's your weekend here? Yeah, weekend was... You know what? For a weekend that... First weekend, we don't have football. Mm-hmm. Was it going to be a scary sports weekend? And I don't think so. I don't think it was. I don't think it was either. I know it is kind of sad with no football, but um, we had a we had a good slate of stuff go on this weekend. Some of the stuff that we'll get into shortly here. Um, I mean, NBA All Star Weekend, uh, college baseball is back. You know, we had a big UFC event that I'll touch on here too shortly. So. We had a good, good sports weekend. It's definitely weird without the football, but uh, we made do. So before we get into some of these events of the weekend, you got anything, anything you want to say right off the, uh, right off the start here? Or are we good to jump into some of these? Well, I was just gonna, yeah, just go into the weekend. I mean, Genesis Invitational. Again, I gotta throw that golf out there. The old man golf. Uh, another huge comeback from a player few strokes back. I mean, so two weekends in a row we've had comebacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I saw something on Twitter about that. I didn't watch that. Um, I wasn't Hideki. watching any of the Genesis. Yeah, Hideki. Was, was oh. Like, oh, yeah. And, and again, hitting the irons just within inches, feet, two feet, couple... Uh, I think it was uh, 15 and 16 came back within two feet, just sank some putts. I mean, so he came back and again, the leader 54 hole leader loses. And it was really interesting. I was watching, uh, obviously I was watching it yesterday. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley were a full hole behind. So when it started, and they were talking about uh, uh, rain coming in and all that, and you, you know, they showed. I think um, uh, Luke Loft was hitting off a seven, and you just saw these dark clouds out in the horizon, and they were saying, "Okay, so those guys are on seven, and Cantley and Shoffley were on five, so they were a full hole." behind and obviously big talk was pace of play and it wasn't uh cantley playing slow he was on the clock he was perfect it was just the other guys were playing faster but it was a big big little story about it and cantley just could not close it out that's tough but Good that we have it every weekend, right? Something else to see. Another another shot every weekend. You go out there and you don't win one and try again on Thursday. Um, so there's the Genesis. Like I said, the big thing, the bigger story of the weekend probably, uh, even though it was in fucking Indiana, uh, was the NBA All-Star Game. Um, I don't know how much of this you watched. I had it on briefly last night and was just watching them, dude. 
Whatever. I mean, the game doesn't take, uh, you know, it's not taken too seriously by some of these guys. And I mean, they're just dropping three pointers and dunks all throughout the game. Uh, but East was on route to a 211 to 186 win. And seeing above 200 points, like the, I think the last, I think the last time I've actually seen over 200 points on an NBA scoreboard was probably once I did that to you in 2K a couple of years ago. I don't think I've seen above 200 <laughs> since then, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is this is new. Um, but uh, what I think Lillard won the three point contest again, maybe. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. He won the three-point contest again. Uh, Steph Curry won against Sabrina Inescu in the three-point challenge. That was cool. That was cool. That was very cool. Uh, Mac McClung won the slam dunk contest again. Going to say, I was a little sad. I wanted Jalen Brown to actually show out there a little more, and he wasn't. It was kind of stinky, but. um, No, I mean, he obviously, I think, came through and had a number of great dunks that i mean uh, point wise they gave him even though um they kept on saying you know original or or nothing yeah. and then in the, and then at the same time somebody else show, <laughs> yells out he's a lot more um uh has more um character or, or flair than i even thought but the power oh my god Ooh. See, and that's the thing, like, I, when I heard him wanting to uh, participate in it, I was like, you know, he's a good athlete. You know, he could get up. This could be interesting. Yeah. And I guess I just had huge expectations for him just because, you know, I've seen him in game and pull out these dunks and stuff like that. Uh, But then you get in there and, you know, you only get so many tries. And I think they had a different thing with the minute and 30 seconds this year. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. He just, I think he had some boring ones. I know he was getting booed a lot from a lot of people of that one where he jumped over Kai, where Jason Tatum like handed, gave, gave him the alley-oop there and he jumped over Kai. I mean, Kai's like 5'3 standing up and you had yeah. him sitting down and you're a, I mean, you're a basketball player that could absolutely clear Kai. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like he could have done more. I also just feel like Jalen Brown well, doesn't give a fuck. You know, like he's, he's not out here crying about not winning the All-Star game and, or dunk or whatever dunk contest uh we got bigger fish to fry well he wanted to do the d brown little um hide his eyes kind of thing and he did that yeah he did it was super late he's like already on the ground and started to do it i was like i see see the effort but oh well i I love the left-handed dunk though that was nice yeah it's all the people saying that he couldn't use the left hand that was yeah that was yeah i mean it's it's cool. the The dunk contest has just gone downhill, though. Ever since, I mean, Darren you, Gordon, Zach Levine, one man, we're just it you, doesn't get good. You've done all these dunks for years. I mean, I think what they have to do. Uh, I've always thought this um, since all these dunks have been created and now they're being recreated uh, again. The old D Brown, you know, blindfolded type thing. Um, do some alley oops. Bring some of that. I mean, yes, Mac jumping over Shaquille was obviously very impressive for a six-two guy. But I mean, do some alley oops. Do stuff like that. Not just individual. Yes, you're bringing out someone, but 
they're standing still and you got to grab the ball. I mean, yeah, I want flashy. Yeah. I want flashy. I want cool. I, want, I like, think I think some alley oop thing would be flashy enough. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's Friday or Saturday night of All Star Weekend. You know, I yeah, the three point contest is cool, but like if you think of all the events that they do leading up to the All Star Game on Sunday, that's that's the one that like is Saturday's thing. The people look forward to Saturday for the dunk contest and uh, a little bit for the you know three point contest and i mean sure the skills contest too whatever i mean it's just like an obstacle course but the dunk contest is the big thing bringing you in there um but all right enough about all-star weekend uh i will say though i really wanted to see i didn't think it was going to happen because you know the freaking boomer dame had to go out here and win the mvp but i thought it would have been really cool to see tatum go back to back all-star game mvps Uh, well the interesting two interesting things i loved you start off the telecast with an interview with Tatum. Mm. That was really cool. And for him to sit back and say, which I thought was really unusual, but the first time he ever met Larry Bird was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It was, it was oh, this weekend. Um, I mean, just speaking at Tatum, there was something I actually just said, I sent this tweet to my, Self or to our podcast account over the weekend as I see this stuff and don't want to forget about it. Um, Jason Tatum was asked about like his MVP candidacy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, because he's a great player and he should be. I mean, if you're looking at it the right way, he should be a top three MVP guy right now. Um, but I mean, you're seeing some of the Kia MVP ladders and stuff like that, you know, put him at five or maybe not even in the top five. He mentioned how we think the Celtics 2022 championship loss to the Warriors has changed how people view not only just him, but the whole team. And I mean, there's always going to be haters for Boston sports. Let's just put that out there. Now we know that there's a lot of success that comes with being a player in the city and being a fan of sports in the city. And so you're already going to get some hate. Um, And I, I feel like, you know, he he might be correct there in which you know he should he he deserves an mvp but um people want to see us get over the hump people want to see the Celtics win one uh and until they do they're still going to use that um and continue to shit on Tatum as best as they can about yeah well you know great player putting up these numbers has his games or whatever but can't win when it matters blah 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 shit like that so um we'll we'll see hopefully like the turnaround this year and and what they do in the playoffs as we both anticipate hopefully becoming NBA champions in a couple of months will change this narrative up for him a little bit, but yeah, I think I heard Shaq was mentioning or, or maybe it was Kenny, um, that they don't think he would be a candidate for MVP until they win a championship, which really just fucking. Okay. Well then keep, keep that Joel same energy. And, yeah. Keep Joel that same energy did. for exactly, exactly. For every other player in the league, then. Every other one outside of, you know, fucking Nikola Jokic. Keep that same energy for them then because, you know, I I don't want to hear shit about, oh, well, Devin Booker could be having a better season than Jason Tatum, but now we're talking about... It's stupid, man. It's really... I I know there's just unwarranted hate, and it's just... It's because he's in a Celtics uniform. Um, But, yeah. All right, well, it's enough about All-Star Weekend. We'll get back into actual... uh, 
NBA games, I think on Tuesday. I'm looking at it right here. Tuesday or Thursday? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Whoever it may be, um, we'll get back into, I would say the second half of the year, but I mean, they're like 55 games in. Like, this yeah. is just, they're getting into the home stretch. Uh, next thing. Yeah. Now, this is when the NBA really. Yeah. Now we oh. really start looking, right? Now yeah. we really start paying attention. Um, let's move over to the other winter sport. Uh, our Bruins are on a bit of a skid right now. Four straight losses, I believe, going into a game today. Uh, well, last I think night, last night they won last night. They did. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I wrote this down. Yeah. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That was, they didn't even play last night. You're thinking about Saturday. That was the Kings game in OT and they lost that one too. Um, Kings 5-4 OT, Kraken 4-1, Lightning 3-2, Capitals 3-0, and then beat the Canucks on the 8th for our most recent win. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm not nervous. I'm not um, nervous. I'm not nervous. I mean, you know, you got to lose some. The team's still in second place in the East. I think all we're, the only team we're behind is the Panthers right now. To see that the last game we won was against the Canucks, who are the number one team in the league right now, I believe, still. Um, and they are, they are damn good. To shut them out um, for a win, that's not bad. The Capitals, that's a, that's a shitty loss. But I'll be fine with a loss to the Lightning or the Kraken or the Kings, too. I just hope getting back... Um, getting back today against the Stars, we really got to turn it around because, you know, this is this is kind of a rough stretch that they got going on here. You got the Stars, who are a good team. You got the Oilers, who almost made history about, you know, a week ago, coming up on Wednesday. You got the Flames on Thursday. Don't really care about that one. You got the Canucks again, the Kraken again, who just beat you, and then the Golden Knights. This is a really tough six-game stretch coming up. Um, but if you get out of here, it doesn't get any better with the Islanders, Maple Leafs, Oilers. Uh, Leafs, Blues, and Penguins. So it's like this is really the time they gotta they gotta hunker down a little bit. Well, they um, did it last year. Same thing. They did. They yep. well, yes and no because I mean we just rarely lost games last year. But I do have a note here of uh, I'm fine losing these because you know they're they're being strategic. They're being smart. They're avoiding the President's Trophy because look what <laughs> happened last year when we got the President's yeah. Trophy. They had to lose a couple. They had to make sure that the Canucks and the Panthers were in line to get that. Very smart of the Bruins, honestly. Very good time to pull out this card and lose four. Um, but outside of that, you said you're not worried, and uh, you, you think we'll be able to turn around today. It's actually, ooh. Oh, it's we got one midday hockey. I know. One Let's o'clock go. matinee, yes. Oh, awesome. Good old President's Day little hockey. It is President's Day, isn't it? Yeah. It was I exciting. I, I was able to hit a... I would have had today off or something. I, I did a lot of bets early so that I can... Hopefully, uh, win. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and no tennis. I didn't have to do that. Good, good, good. We're getting somewhere. All right. Well, there's the Bruins. Uh, let's turn around today against the Stars. And uh, obviously, I mean, this rough week, what, that cracking game is next Monday. So we'll have the Stars, Oilers, Flames, Canucks games to talk about for next week. See if we can turn it around from that four games. Good. Um, moving on to the next one. The big thing about the weekend, something that I am so excited for, and I love you this fucking pumped. time you of the pumped. year. I was so pumped, and I'm still so pumped. 
after the sweep of the Pirates this weekend. College baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. This is absolutely awesome. This means it's the first step towards bringing back the MLB. We got that in, I think, 38 days for opening day. Getting very excited. I love me some baseball, but I've become such a bigger fucking college baseball fan, man. And when you go out there and you see your team absolutely just beat the shit out of another one, 16-2 on Friday, 7-0 on Saturday, and 7-0 on Sunday, and start out the year 3-0, and Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's we- going to be a good year, man. I hope they're Omaha bound. And that's the Pirates. I know you're about to ask that. No, no, no. Good I was old- going to. I wasn't going to ask that. I was going to ask, you went to the game on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. Where'd you guys sit? Oh, I was straight left field. Right left field, like right up on the wall. They even had the, uh, it was open enough that, oh my God, we had a group of fucking 10, 15 people. And we were heckling like it was our day job. Um, The left fielder was not having a good time out there. I'm pretty sure if you go like watch the repeat on ESPN, you might be able to catch some of what I said in the background. I don't know. I, I was going to say that first uh, Cunningham's home run in the bottom of the second, that went nearly over you guys? or Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I was I th- a little more, I was a little more left, but yeah, I mean, okay. that was, you see it, and that I, I one was saw, awesome. I saw someone who I thought was you catch that ball, and no. give it to a kid. No. Oh, you think I'm giving that ball to a kid? If I, I, catch I, I, I mean, it had that same dark beard hat that, you know, throwing over your hoodie like you do with a hat. Yeah. I really thought it was you. I was like, oh, my yeah, God. My son's on TV. If I, I mean, I've been on TV before. Through them well, for yeah, the so, late, yeah. yeah. But no, if I catch a, if I catch a home run, I said, go to a kid. What? I don't. Never mind. I mean, uh, it is it is Ryder. Yeah, it but, was, and they're not good. But we were dominant all weekend. Um, and I don't know if you saw that one. I think it was, yeah, it was actually in Friday's game, mm-hmm. first game. Uh, that sixth inning, uh, JJC had an absolute banger of a home run. That thing went yard. But the coolest story of the weekend. That you're uh, hearing yeah. everywhere, and it was all over Sports Center. This is also why I wanted to bring this up. Parker Bird, um, ECU Pirates player, becomes the first player in NCAA history to play D1 in a D1 game with an amputated leg. Um, it, it was just, it was an awesome sight. That, that's the one thing I really wish we weren't beating the shit out of Ryder on, on Friday for. Like, I wish it was a close enough game because when I went on Saturday, I wanted to be there for that moment. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw it, uh, I, and, you know, the videos are everywhere, and it's getting pushed by SportsCenter and all this, and it's a great moment. But, dude, that was that I'm was actually, awesome. I'm actually getting chills again. It, it, was so, it was so cool. And for somebody that, like, the, only now is this story being brought up, you know, to the to the national stage and everything like that but for somebody who's been hearing about this for a year and a half since he got into that accident he was very highly touted going to be a great player and then this happens in the summer of 22 in just a fucking freak uh automobile accident i think or boating accident uh, boating accident yeah. yeah and uh and and then you know you get to a top 10 top 15 program in the country 
And then you got to worry about not only just rehab from any injury, but rehab of an injury of this magnitude is huge. And um, to see him be able to walk out there, to hear it, you see it from the video. I mean, there was video of his parents, you know, tearing up, walking to the plate. Um, uh, and the stadium was just so loud. And all of the love that you could feel for Parker Bird was absolutely crazy. And then um, I know it wasn't the first time that it happened, but he came back out again on Saturday. And it was so cool, man. And, I mean, especially on Friday, the first game of the year, you bring him out there. Um, he takes a, a five-pitch walk. Um, and then, you know, you take him off. He gets his ovation and stuff. It was just – it was absolutely awesome, man. There's some of those moments that you watch back, and you're like, you know, this is bigger than sports. This is bigger than the game. This is – this is why you love to see shit like this. I mean, um, great for the program to keep yeah. his scholarship or keep him on the team. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable job for that, that baseball program. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, shout out to the pirates for a great weekend. Shout out to Parker bird, um, for being able to, you know, come back and and be out there, man. And, and I wish him nothing but the best. And, um, I was telling my buddy, um at the game or after the game on friday after we saw all the videos and stuff like that i was like you know i only hope this continues to get better because can you imagine just set the scene right now right end of the year we're hosting a regional again mm -hmm. with a super regional on the line as a top eight seed and we go up there and it's a and it's a tie game and you know offense has been pumping all game so is it for the other team you're in extra innings it's like eight eight You've gone through so many people on the bench. Who do you bring up as a pinch hitter? Because you need somebody now. It's Parker Bird. And Parker Bird sends one yard into the jungle to walk off. I, I can't even think about it. I mean, it would be absolutely incredible. Um, do you think they're yeah. going to put him in the field at some point? Um, I don't think so. I, I think he'll be, if anything, as... For this year, at least, um, more of just a pinch hitter sort of situation. Maybe next year, get him into the field a little. But you saw him after he got the walk. Um, and I mean, of course, no disrespect to him. The guy had his fucking leg cut off. Yeah. Uh, there is, I, I, you can tell when he was walking down the first, as much as he has been rehabbing with it and everything, you could still tell he's a little uncomfortable with the walk. There's a little bit of a limp. And like, I feel like he'd be fine to move and get there. Um, but when you're, you know, running, you got to be, you know, full speed, playing defense and stuff like that. And, um, you don't know the flexibility and his range there. Um, and I don't think what? he's going to want to push himself there yeah. yet, but wasn't he projected as a infielder shortstop or something? Yeah. I think it was second. second. I believe it was second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have to either play a corner outfield or maybe first base. Yeah. Um, but all right, enough about the college baseball then. I mean, we got it the this season started. So now we got this for the next couple months they're, and um they're playing tomorrow night at Campbell. They are. You should go to the game. I'm I'm I I'm gonna look. Yeah. Five o'clock. Pretty pretty cheap, dude. I got my ticket for ten bucks. Yeah. And then we play Carolina next and then Saturday. Play Carolina, yeah. yeah, I know. So that'll be big. But um, we'll, we'll continue to touch on college baseball throughout the season as, you know, it's another thing that we enjoy and love to talk about here. Um, in, in Greenville, in, in Greenville. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, moving on from <laughs> from college baseball to the pros here, we had mm. MLB spring training starting up on Thursday, I believe it is. Uh, well, majority of games are Saturday. That'll be the first game for majority of teams. But we got Dodgers Padres three ten on Thursday. White Sox Cubs at uh, three o five on Friday. Royals Rangers at three o five on Friday, and Padres Dodgers play again on Friday too. Oh, and Diamondbacks Rockies. But then you got everybody else on Monday. I know the. Uh, I think the Sox play then against Orioles. Okay, one o five on Saturday. Um, I don't know about you. I'm not. I'm not really ever the biggest spring spring training guy. I'm happy to see that they're out there because that means we're like a month away from baseball. Um, but I think maybe this year, out of out of any, um, with us being you know kind of younger and you know there's they've got some guys in the farm system, um, and we don't necessarily anticipate us being you know championship contenders or anything like that no you gotta think you gotta think that spring training almost this year means a little more to us than we've seen in the previous years yeah oh yeah i i you know a lot of position well i I shouldn't say a lot of positions i mean i'm looking right here they're talking about the opening day roster um i think the only questions you have uh regarding the outfield situation um plenty I think of opportunity there, but, or you have, you have enough players, uh, but can you get everyone enough at bats? Um, uh, the kid Rafella, we're talking about, does he make center field? He'll get every opportunity, which also got me a little bit confused because you already see Alex score saying Duran's my leadoff hitter. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, is he going to be in right, which is a very big right field. So I think he can, he can play there. Just worried about his arm. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think the team and, and obviously starting pitching, but Bello, I think will have a good year. Pavetta always does what he does. I love the, uh, Crawford, Cutter Crawford, that's a name, huh? That is a name. That is a name. And it's not Garrett, even with a C. K, yeah. Cutter, K. So, Cutter, so sick. And then uh, Whitlock. I don't like all the rumors about Kenley Jensen getting traded. I understand, you know, $16 million, blah, 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 but Red Sox have the money. You need him to close out. I think some games this year you do, but it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, if we get a little deeper on into the year and you realize, Oh yeah, you know, we really aren't making a push. You got to get something for me is getting a oh, little older. I, um, I would, but not here at the start of the year. No, 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 definitely not the start no. of the year. I like what you're saying there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, you had mentioned Durant. Do you see how fucking jacked he got? This oh season? yeah. He's- He's huge, dude. He, and I know I've always loved Duran. Um, I don't love some of his offensive inconsistencies that we've seen over the last couple of years. You know, you'll have like a stretch where he's hitting like 350 or something. He's looking great. And then you'll have a stretch where he's hitting literally 50. 
And I hope that he figures something out there. But defensively, with his speed, I mean, thank God for leadoff. If this goes well with Durant, this could go really well as him as the leadoff. I really like it. Um, You know, I'm going to miss Verdugo and everything. But And you mentioned right field. I think it's got to be – yeah, I think it's got to be right field for him. Probably got Ref Snyder in center and Yoshida in left. Uh, Maybe even – Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, I was going to say maybe even Tyler O'Neill. Or Tyler O'Neill on left. Yoshida's the DH. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we yeah. got rid of Justin Turner there. If, if you have Rafaela, the the uh, 23-year-old, um, if yep. he makes <sighs> Rob Ref Snyder, there's just something. I mean, he's a I decent. Like do you? Uh, there's something about him that just. But, I mean, he. Can play all corner outfield. Or he could play all three outfields. Um, one of those utility guys, you know. Huh? You t- one of those just utility outfielders that we love to have. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm looking at here too. I absolutely love keeping Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, Bobby. Making the, I love Bobby. Bobby Dahlbeck. Rockets. I love. I love Bobby. Um. Hopefully, Bobby goes and hits like 69 home runs this year or something. And we can be all aboard the Bobby Dahlbeck train. Um, last thing here, I guess, about Red Sox while we're on this. Uh, I sent this also to myself on Wednesday. Wanted to keep this ready for the podcast this week. Uh, apparently, so Trevor Story said on the 14th, this is courtesy of, who's this, Ian Brown, uh, Red Sox beat reporter for MLB.com. Trevor Story said, we don't like to lose and we're tired of it. A lot of people have counted us out, but we don't feel like that. It's good stuff to hear, right? As a fan. But we got to see this. You got to see see it play. play. And you got to see Trevor have a full, uh, you know, 100. He needs at least 130 some odd. Yeah. Um, Just some other last things here then. Tristan Cassidy said his plan is to play for the Red Sox his entire career, but he's yet to receive an enticing extension offer. Um, what else? I think that was all that I had. And then we had some trade with the Royals, I think two days ago, for some John Schreiber. Or I don't know. These were like yeah, minor league pitcher. pitchers. Relief and, pitcher, yeah, relief yeah. so. uh, Oh, one last thing before we – because this is this is so funny to me. You remember when – uh, we moved on from Xander because we got Trevor Story, and his biggest thing was he didn't want to play second base. Yeah. Yeah, well, now the San Diego Padres came out on Friday and announced that Xander Bogarts will be moving to second base this year. Isn't that fucking funny? Yeah. Um, whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll hold my tongue on it, but... Yeah, okay. That's what you get, I guess. I don't know. I loved Xander, but you know, yeah, all that he was, for, you you ended up. He's literally Xander. on yeah. he's you on my a, wall right here. Um got a Xander yeah. jersey out back there on the wall, it's but fucking crazy. Um, okay, and the last sport news of this weekend before we uh move on to our fun podcast today. Uh, I know you're not the biggest, I don't think you're the biggest UFC guy, but we did have a pretty historic UFC two ninety eight card. On Saturday, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, one of, I, probably, I, I put him down there 
as the greatest of all time featherweight, one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time in UFC, loses his featherweight belt to Ilya Tapura, the 14-0, now 15-0 world champion Spaniard. Uh, Alex, a lot of people going into this fight were calling for, you know, is he getting too old? Can he break the 35 curse? That's a big thing. After 35, you start to decline. Uh, Volk's, Volk's one of a kind, though, and you thought it was going to be a little different. Um, I, did you see the knockout? I'm sure you saw it everywhere. But if not, I would definitely recommend pull that pull that up right now. Google Volkanovsky uh, knockout. We can get your we can get your live reaction here. Okay, all right. Um, and it's a good you know it was a good fight at least through the first round. I had it, I think I had it ten nine to Pura through the first. I actually tweet out through the main events throughout UFC. I live tweet out regular scoring and stuff like that. So that was up on my Twitter all of Saturday. Um, but then. You know, even the champ is still susceptible to getting chinned up when you get hit by that punch that Tapura thrown. It was it was pretty amazing, uh, dude. Absolutely folded like a pretzel. Um, and it was it was sad stuff. That would have been a sixth title defense. Um, he's been holding the title since 2019. You know, it's going on five years. Um, you know, very very impressive run. A very impressive era of featherweight UFC, but sad to see it come to an end. You having trouble there finding it? Uh, no, I'm I'm just going through a bunch of little stuff here, and I don't see anything <laughs> that's gonna come up and show oh me this. Me, Volk Zoper, I can probably find this for you faster. Knockout two ninety eight. Is this it? I'm not sure. I've seen him walk on up here. That's not yeah, we'll, we'll keep keep looking for it just if, if you find it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good card outside of that too. Um we've got we've got some good cards coming up. UFC two ninety nine in March may be one of, if not the best card of all time. And then two months on April thirteenth, we've got UFC three hundred which Dana White has called the biggest card in UFC history. He announced the main event this weekend, so a bunch of, bunch of big stuff the MMA world going on, and it'll be exciting to see how these next two pay-per-views uh, end, up, end up going. And you're going? No, 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 no. Oh, I thought about oh. it, though. I will say, for $2.99, $2.99 is that good of a card that once pre-sale tickets went up, I think it was January 16th. It's in Miami. Um, I've actually got a buddy that's going. I thought about going, going and legitimately getting a hotel and flight down to Miami just to see the card. But I mean, you were talking nosebleeds at like fucking eight fifty, and I was like, I'm good. I'm not doing all that. It was very expensive. Um, oh, 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 he's just crumpled. Oh, up. yep. Oh, and the fans are going nuts. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. Like a pretzel, right? Just absolutely. And as a guy who's such a Volk fan, man, and has been for so many years, you see that that was deflating, just absolutely deflating. He does I was not so even sad. know what happened to him. No, just clean knockout. It was it was wow. a great punch. Hey, speaking um, of UFC, yeah, 
have you seen on Netflix the return? I think it is Dan. Is that Dan Whitlock or? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me see. You said the return. Yeah, the um, guy who just shattered his his leg off of a kick. Oh, um, not Dan Whitlock. Are you thinking? I mean, one of them I'm thinking. Is it Chris? No. I, like Chris Weedman? Oh, yes. Is that yes. him? Yeah. Yeah, the return. I have not seen this. I didn't know this was a thing, but I definitely will watch this because, yeah, that was, I remember that injury. That was against, I think he broke it against Anderson Silva. Absolutely just shattered, just shin to shin. That shit hurts. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. did you watch it? I have been watching it. Oh, okay. It I is. I need something it, to put on throughout the day then. Yeah, no, it's it's cool to see how you know human yeah. they are and, and his and his return um and his rehab from that. Yeah. Yeah. Been okay. watching that. Well I'll definitely give it a look then. Um all right, so that that'll wrap up our or we can recap, I guess. Maybe we should start doing something like this more if we don't have actual segments to do instead. It was 30, 37 minutes of, of recap. But we got through a good amount of stuff there, and uh, now we can well, move one last, over. One last so, recap. That's today is the Daytona 500. It is. Got, it is. got washed out over the oh, uh, yesterday, so it'll be today. Oh, a rare Monday one. That'll be fun. Um, okay, so we outside of that weekend recap, we do have one pretty cool segment planned here for this episode. Um, Dad, I'm going to actually let you take it away here because this was your idea. Um, so why don't you share with the listeners what exactly we're doing here? Well, we, and looking at our, previous six episodes and we want to thank everyone who's downloaded um so far and and watched them we're just so thrilled and excited and uh i know that i keep on telling your mom oh we had another one we have another one and the numbers we're getting to were just outside of a 130 downloads and again please continue thank you and and please continue to listen to our old man and young guy take here and uh questions uh please send those through and again at the end handsome will recap how to do that but um i think it was episode two where we did our top uh 10 players in our lifetime um which um i think was um interesting to a lot of listeners episode I know. three by the way episode three okay yeah episode three which um i know a, a a local friend of mine actually enjoyed um as he put it keep the old guys you know keep those ideas and and bring back those older teams so again we're going to do a top 10 episode but this time it's the top 10 teams from new england in our lifetime so again, Hanson was born in 99, so he can only do anyone from that period of time through. And for 
you wondering, yes, I'm a lot older than that, but I only got to New England in 78. So I can only do anyone from 78 to now. Okay. That was a question. I didn't know if you were going to pick, like, just back when you were alive, get some of those back-end Celtics days. I mean, it wasn't the no. greatest. What was the greatest one, like 64, 65? Uh, uh, 68, 68, 69 team was good, but yeah, but no, um, back then I was rooting on the Bills, the Sabres, and yes, even some Boston Braves. Mm. I mean, Buffalo Braves, Buffalo Braves. That's him. Okay. Well, so I can only do 78. I only got 99. And you got 99. This will be cool. Um, so we're starting, we're going from 10 to 1 here, right? <clears throat> yeah, 10 to 1. Um, and he, and oh. I think you start off this time only because I figure I'm going to have a couple as well. I, I do have one, two, three. I've got four honorable mentions too. Where should I put these in? At the end or right here? At the end. Do them at the end. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, number 10 on my list then of the best Boston sports teams that I have seen in my lifetime. I got to tell you, man, I, te- I know I texted you about this last night and you probably woke up to it this morning. This, this was so tough, this list. Because I think going into it, I think I had like eight, eight of the 10 that I knew had to be there. But yeah. then you get all like 10 on the list and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, this team could beat this team. And like, yeah. you know, this team had more That's playoff separate- success, but this yeah. team, this team just had the it fact. I went through this list for a good, like, three hours last night, just moving people around, blah, 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 and I finally got to the end, and you were like, you know what, I'm not going to touch it, I think this is good. I think it makes a lot of sense, I want you to hear it all the way through, I think you'll agree. But number 10. Number 10. I've got the 2014-2015 Patriots, who played the Seahawks in the Super Bowl there, the 12-4 and uh 2014 New England Patriots um, that, you know, this is, you know, while it wasn't the greatest regular season out of all the teams that I have on this list, um, remember, this is the year that we had that loss to Kansas City, 41 to 14, and we got the famous, we're on to Cincinnati, and then we go out there and put up 43 points on the Bengals. There was a lot of shit just going on uh, this, this year. Um, and you know, they, they just went out there and they, they kind of just kicked ass, man, from week four or week five to week 12, uh, they won all of these games. Just get, get a load of this. You ready? Right. Bengals 43, 17 bills, 37, 22 jets, 27, 25 bears, 51, 23 Broncos, 43, 21 by week, Indianapolis Colts, 34, 20 Detroit Lions, 34, nine, this team when they got moving halfway through the season, they were an absolute monster. Then you get into the playoffs, and we're all obviously going to remember the double comeback game where we had the Julian Edelman to Danny Amendola pass in the divisional game against the Ravens, came back, won that game 35-31. Then we had the absolute route of the, the Indianapolis Colts, 45-7, to seven. yeah, and this is when they started bitching about the Deflategate balls because they just stunk and got absolutely manhandled that game. And then, oh, of it was, course, you, it was pouring. It was raining, too. I think it was. Or it was a, yeah. I don't think it was pouring, but I think it was... Not pouring, raining. but it was a rain. Yeah. And then, and then obviously, we go into 
the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. You come back from being down 14 in that fourth. The unbelievable catch by Malcolm Butler. <clears throat> this may have got on the list just because of, you know, over some of the other honorable mentions I had because of the whole Malcolm Butler interception, you know, our only undrafted free agent going out there and making that, uh, making that play. But I think a lot of it too, that made me put these guys top 10 was yes. While they were 12 and four and it wasn't the best regular season we have seen of some of these teams that I have on this list. It's the resiliency in the playoffs to come back down 14 twice against the Ravens in the first round to go out there and just manhandle the Colts and just get rid of business. And then to go out there and come back against the Seahawks in the biggest game of your season and make that interception. This team was super resilient. Uh, they were a good team and they got better down the stretch. That's why I got them at number 10. Okay. Um, where you, who you got at number 10 then here? I have my number 10 is the 2010-2011 Boston Bruins. Okay. Um, I just think that, you know, ended up having um, a great selection, Tyler Sagan, to, you know, continue uh, uh, being some great centers that they have. Milan Lucic had a tremendous, had that power forward, um, uh, mentality. David Krejci did very well on that first line as well. But I think of everything, the story had to have been Tim Thomas. I mean, who? Man. Who, yeah. Who was Tim Thomas? God, he was so good throughout that year. And just stood on his head during the playoffs. And I mean, incredible saves. That guy, you know, unorthodox goalie that they were calling him i mean just I, I just loved it and then you had tuca who was starting off but uh lost it to tim and i mean just in the playoffs that guy was just fantastic yeah i'm happy you mentioned this team because like i said in my honorable mentions um this was actually the first one these these guys and the 2014 Patriots, uh, I, I was going back and forth with switching them in for number 10. So I definitely, definitely got a lot of love <clears throat> for that Bruins scene, the only Stanley Cup that I've seen um, them win. Uh, but I did keep them at an honorable mention just because, yes, like, yeah, they got through it in the playoffs uh, and went through and, and were pretty, pretty dominant. But you got to keep in mind, too, this team through – of uh, four of the rounds, three of them went to game seven. The only one that didn't is the 4-0 sweep against the Flyers in the second round. Um, this team, now granted, nothing against them or anything, but you got to keep in mind, they were still, they were actually third in the East uh, behind the Capitals and the Flyers, but they go on to then sweep the Flyers in the playoffs. Um, with them being third throughout the regular season, uh, that that is definitely what kept me in, it kept me, with them in the honorable mentions, but if this team okay. maybe even won the East, I think they definitely, they wouldn't even just be 10 for me. I think they'd move up a little more, uh, but it's definitely, definitely a great team. Good one. I like that one. And, and that finished the um, sweep, if you will, that all four all of active them. coaches at yep. the time 
Yeah. Because Terry Terry was let Terry, go a little bit. Eric, Terry got fired him, like three months later. Yeah. You know, but, but. at the time, <laughs> all four coaches had um, won. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. All right. You get to move on to number nine here then. Let's go move on to number nine. All right. So this one's going to be interesting. Honestly, I thought maybe we were going to go from one to ten. So like this wouldn't sound so much of a surprise. But fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. You ready for okay. this? Uh, yes. Number nine. You're good. This is going to be crazy. Number nine, a team that hasn't even won the championship. A team that oh, hasn't gonna... even finished this season. I've got the 2023-2024 Boston Celtics already as the ninth best Boston team that I've seen in my life. Wow. Already. This team is number fifth in the league offensively. Uh, and number fifth in the league defensively with points per game. If you talk about like defensive efficiency or defensive rating, they're third in the league. Net rating of plus 10.2, first in the league by a good margin. Offensive rating, number one in the league, 121.7. The team is unbelievably deep. We got snubbed with some all-star guys. You know, Derek White and Porzingis should have been in there. But you look at it through the all-star break, this team is 43-12. and 12. For, Let me just, 43-12. and 12. Uh, the last, like, I think it was, I saw a stat about this, I think the last eight times that the Celtics have started out a year through the first 55 games at this pace, I think like six or seven of them, and granted it was way back, you know, back in, in the Bird and Russell times, but when they've started out like this, they've won the title. I'm pretty sure they started out like this too in 2008, 2009, where they also went to go win the title, or 2007, 2008. Um... The team is great. We were talking about Tatum earlier. You've got a, an MVP candidate. You've got guys one through five that you can trust. The depth is great. You're going eight or nine deep if you need to. The team loves each other. They're playing for each other. I honestly don't know who's going to beat this team in a seven-game series come the playoffs. If they go on to win the title, this will just further cement the point. And this, I'm probably going to end up... If, if they win the title this year, and you'll see... You'll see where else on the list this falls into later on. Okay. But they, they will be the best Celtics team that I've seen. They will be better than the 07-08 team if they can go through and win the title. Even if they don't come out with the 60, he was 66 wins, 66 and 16 in 07-08 or something, which is crazy. I mean, we're 43 and 12. We could have definitely much more losses on the season, but I think a full body of work, you see this team play out. Um, and, and what it could potentially s start for the Celtics in the next couple of years. I'm not talking dynasty or anything like that. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But this is a damn good team. Statistically, they are very, very good and historically good, and I've got them at number nine. Interesting. How many losses total do you think we're going to see? I'm going to say 18. I could, I could see that. Let me here talk about your number nine, and I'll pull up the rest of the schedule here and go through sure. this quickly on my head. My number nine is the first of my list of um, the football Patriots. I have the 2014 team. Mm -hmm. That's my number nine. Um, yeah, I think everything, and that, you know, beyond the the um the games and leading up to the super bowl which you just discussed i think you look at that draft as well and how you end up with dominic easley jimmy Garoppolo, brian stork i think uh at the time an 
underrated, you know, center was he going to fill um, and did play a little bit and played well. James White, he ended up drafting in the fourth round. So um, I think what they built as well going forward to future um, championships um, definitely um, was a good team. Yeah. I was just looking at this here. I think it's, we got 27. Yeah, it looks like 27 games remaining. I think that is. Um, you got some tight ones in here. But yeah, I could, see, I could see 18. I think that's fair. I could also see 16. I could see this team actually, yeah. I could see this team actually matching. Uh, granted, they need to go 23 and 4 of the last 27, which is tough. And at a certain point, we might start sitting some guys for the playoffs. But, uh, you know, especially because of such a lead that we have in the East already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they could do it. They could at least match the 07-08 team. Uh, but, but we'll see, I guess. Um, okay. Now, that's awesome. Uh, great point about the 2014-15 pair. I'm happy we have them both there, you know, close. Um, Moving on to number eight here. Uh, so this one, now, this was, a, this was definitely a good team. I think the reason why I've got these guys here, too, um, is, is I think the story makes it so much more important of a team than, you know, it, it, it stresses the importance so much more. Do you know where I'm going to go here? No, I, I don't. I like the story. I got, this is interesting. I got your 2013 World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. After the story of the Boston Marathon bombing and the way that this team rallied around it, you've got the David Ortiz, this is my fucking city. You know, that whole, just this, this whole season was an absolute story. It yeah. was an absolute dream. Uh, once this team really got rolling, and playing for everybody back in Boston. There was not a single team in the MLB that wanted to stand up against these guys. And, I mean, you get uh, 97-65 throughout the regular season, almost hitting 100 games, very quietly almost hitting 100 games, too. You get into the divisional series, you, you whip up on the Rays 3-1, you go to the Tigers, you win that series in the ALCS 4-2, uh, game six. Wasn't really ever in question. Um <clears throat> And then you go win the World Series against the Cardinals in six games. Granted, I'm pretty sure the series started out 2-2, but once again, it was never really within question. You got to game five, uh, Sox won that one, and you're like, all right, well, here we go. Um, this team was just destined. It was a team of destiny. Uh, destined to win it. A very good team. Um, you know, And it wasn't even like flashy or anything like that, roster-wise. Uh, but I mean, you still got just some, some fun guys and, you know, Mike Napoli, uh, Petey, uh, you got Mr. Salisbury himself here. Shane Victorino was on this team. You got uh big poppy, good old Jared Saltalamacchia, Daniel Nava. I mean, you get, you got guys here, Jackie Bradley Jr., Daniel Ross, Jose Iglesias, all these guys that were just playing their role, doing it the right way. Um, the, the pitching of this, uh, of this squad was always just hilarious to me. Uh, I mean, you got like John Lester and everything there, Jake Peavy, John Lackey, who was an absolute monster during the playoffs. I think he was one mm -hmm. of like, you know, he had those two uh, like clutch games. It, it was some stat that there hadn't been a, 
I don't think there had been like a uh, a a pitcher to pitch and win in two separate elimination games and two separate series for the same team or something like that. I saw when I was looking this up, but this was a cool team, man. Um, and you know, so much so that even fucking Clay Buckles got a ring, dude. So, um, I love, I love the 2013 Red Sox uh, and I love the story behind it. That's why I got them at number eight. Okay. Um, this will probably be a shocker for you. My number eight is the, 2007 yeah yep i mean a lot of build-up getting randy moss extremely impressive offense throughout the year um looking at some of these scores here we got 38 14 back-to-back week one and two um 34 against Cincinnati next week, 34 again against Cleveland, 48, 27 against Dallas, 49. Don't forget about the Redskins game too. Or was it the Redskins or was the Titans this year? Yeah. The Redskins 52 to seven. I mean, on real putting up some of these points, 56, 10 against Buffalo, but to end up falling short, I think is one of the reasons why yeah i have them where they are no this is interesting i like this because now i like seeing where i guess how much you value the championship yeah when it comes to these teams yeah um uh, obviously this team is on my list i'm not going to mention where yet we will get to that in a little seven is a little seven is a little low i definitely think no i have Um, them at eight Number eight. Or eight. Yeah, eight yeah. is a little low, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> number seven then, the actual number seven. This is where I have the 2004-2005 New England Patriots. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I don't, I don't necessarily remember this team too much. Obviously, this is very young. Um, but <clears throat> going back and looking at it here from a statistical perspective, team was 14 and 2 uh in the AFC points for 27.3 game fourth in the league you're second in the league in points against at 16.3 you got that great Belichick defense um and I mean this was this was the last of the three for the first dynasty run for the Patriots uh that they were definitely built upon the defense and stuff like that you know in the playoffs you come out here 20 to 3 win against the Colts 41 27 win against the Steelers 24 21 win against the Eagles um this is a good team, man. Uh, defensively very sound. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, uh, when we talk about his, uh, people are always going to talk shit about his early years, and, and now especially where they're trying to compare him to Mahomes and stuff like that, when you're strictly just looking at the the touchdown to interception numbers and the yards like that. Um, but there's stuff that you can't just gather just by looking at game scores and looking at, you know, statistics for a whole season. Um, this is a dominant 14 and two team. Corey Dillon on the ground had over 1600 rushing, 12 touchdowns there. Um, you've got a couple different receivers, uh, nobody that really hit a thousand, but a couple different receivers that definitely impacted the game there. Um, you know, Adam Venateri, obviously we know. Uh, and then defensively, I mean, this is a this is one of a, a 
stacked team of that group, of that dynasty, with the Rodney Harrisons, the, the Teddy Brewskis, the Eugene Wilsons, the Mike Vrabels, the Willie McGinnis, Ty Warren, Asante Samuel. I, I can go on and on and on about the talent of this team. Um, but once it comes down to it, and like we said, winning a bowl, um, I have them at number seven. All right. All right. Number seven for me is the 83-84 Boston Celtics, 62-20. and 20. And, you know, looking at the roster, um, ML Carr, which you probably haven't heard of or name. I mean, just the spark plug, just the, just one that was, you know, shaking things up on the, on the bench. Um, great team player, uh, love to watch an ML Carr. Gerald Henderson, DJ, Larry Bird, obviously Danny Ainge. Um, I think one of the really cool things was seeing since 1969, you ended up having them against their their big, big rivals uh, for championship-wise. Uh, finally, in the finals, the L- they played the LA Lakers and won that 4-3. to three. Um, Yeah, um, Casey Jones great coach uh just had that team rolling and i have them at my number seven yeah they are one of the teams that i definitely um would have had included in this list if i was alive yeah um but you know i can't doesn't doesn't qualify for me so instead i'll uh uh, bella you gotta move bro you are in my way baby um (laughs) instead i'll i'll move the clock up about what's that like 20 something years and we'll go for my number six this is where i have the 2007 2008 boston celtics um where i just mentioned if our celtics go on this year and win it instead you know what i'm doing i'm mm. taking the 23 24 and i'm gonna move them right on up here above the 07 08 and everybody shifts down and uh 2023 2024 celtics will move right into this actually they might move above my next one too if they win the title. But 0708, uh, you know this team, and this is a great team. Um, offensively, you know, they were there. They weren't one of the best. This isn't one of the best, you know, offensive championship teams that we're seeing on these lists between the two of us. But defensively, they were absolute menaces. 98.9 defensive rating, first in the league. That led them to a net rating of 11.2, which is even better than the one that we have this year. Um, Finished 66 and 16, uh, went into the playoffs. This is also, this is one of the teams that they were very good, obviously. And, and we recognize how good this team was and how good the big three was. But something that kept me putting them down here at six and below some of these teams that you might be like, oh, that's interesting going forward. If you remember, for as dominant as this team was, and yes, The East was pretty good this year, too. This is when you're getting, I think you got like Dwight Howard, Orlando Magic. This is, and they're 59 and 23 around this time. You get into the, this team was great in the year, uh, regular season, 13 and 2 in November, 13 and 1 in December, 10 and 5 in January, 9 and 4 in February, 13 and 3 in March, 8 and 1 in April. But then you get into the playoffs, and this team went to two straight. Mm-hmm. Seven game series in the first two against teams that, you know, I don't, obviously it's warranted with the LeBron and the Cavs. Um, but 
the fact that they went to seven against this Atlanta team is always going to rub me the wrong way. Um, into the conference finals against Detroit, that goes six. Probably didn't even need to go six. I mean, you look at game four there, you get absolutely manhandled 94 to 75. This is supposed to be one of the greatest teams, you know, we had seen. Um, that's that's what keeps me down here and puts me at number six. But then, you know, on the back end of that too, you can you can try to shoot them down for those first two rounds and how they played and got to game seven but then you get into the actual finals against again the lakers had tight games you know tight wins tight losses all the way up to game five game six they went out there and absolutely beat the hell out of them 131 to 92 in a closeout game and that all the bad taste you had in your mouth about this team in the first two rounds, they wiped it clean definitely in that last game to take home the trophy. So I've got them at number six there. Yeah, well, I mean, not jump the gun, but I have them pretty close coming up here. But, um, you know, I think it has to do with, yes, you know, at this era, having another big three, um, maybe, maybe it was who really into the playoffs are you going to look to to go i mean obviously ray allen was able to shoot and then you have kevin garnett who was a monster when he was in minnesota and then getting him to us i thought that was an unbelievable trade um and obviously there's only one ball and you have you know this big three but finally seeing paul pierce in that game six put the team on his back and say, yep, yep, I'm the captain. Give me the ball. Yeah. But, a, um, great team. but my number three, or I'm sorry, my number six, six is the 2003 new England Patriots. Okay. Wait, this is damn. Did I not have these? 2003. 2003. Saying, <clears throat> oh, two Oh three. 203, yep. Is that the one? This is the this is the fucking this is the Panthers team, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Panthers team. Yep. Team. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's that's interesting. Wait, no. 2002? No. 03. Well, I do, I do, I do the the year that the Yeah, 03. Yeah, super it was 0304, I think, cuz 203. I mean, 2002 season we were 9 and 7. Patriots season 2003. Yes. This is the one. So it's 0304. Oh, yes, I know what okay. you mean. Yeah. yeah. The 14 to against the, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean again, you build through the draft uh Eugene Wilson, Asante Samuel, Dan Klecko, um Bethel Johnson, um, Dan Copen. Um, so yeah, I mean, I liked, I liked this team. Um, not real, obviously flashy, but you know, with, with running back wise, but you go 14 and two and another, yeah. comeback win, uh, against the Panthers. But, um, yeah, this is where I put this team. I think again, defensively with Rodney Harrison, Ty law, Richard Seymour and Teddy Bruschi, um, definitely 
capped again. And, and that's what we've been talking about, where we think this upcoming Patriots are going to go. Defensive team um, over offense. Yeah. I um, This was actually the team I think I left off out of all of all of the good Patriots teams that I know. Um, one of my favorite things about this team, though, before I move on to my other one, and I'm pretty sure, I, I think where they talked about it the most was that ESPN uh, documentary series that they did on Tom Brady. What was that? Two, two off seasons ago. Yep. Yeah. That one, um, my favorite, I'm obviously going the first of two back to back here. Um, and the second in three years. But one of my favorite things about this team is how week one, you get blown out by the Bills, 31 to nothing. Everybody was so worried about this and everything. And then you come back to week 16 and you play that team again and you put up 31 points. You, or, yeah, 31 to nothing win again, just like how the year started off. I think that's so funny. It erased all the doubt. This, is a, this was a great team. Yeah, and I Very think it was... The beginning of questions about Bill Belichick and his GM, you know, you end up trading Lawyer Malloy to the Bills. Yeah, what was that? This was that, that was on like Thursday, right? The game's on like Friday. It was like yeah. on Thursday or something. Everybody, yeah, everybody's so worried about it. Lawyer comes out and plays and kicks ass that yep. game. I'm pretty sure because he's mad, and I, I understand. Yeah, but then you come back and you do that to him in week 17 and it feels great. So, okay. <clears throat> um, oh, top five here. Top five. Top five. And we'll try to wrap this up a little quicker. Um, so for number five, uh, the second team on this list I have that didn't end up winning their championship. I have... The 2022-2023 Boston Red Sox. 65, or not Boston Red Sox, Boston Bruins. Wow. I was like, wow. fucking. Yeah, hopefully they didn't have only 65 wins and they're not on this list as a baseball team. <laughs> 65, 12, and 5, 135 points total. Broke the NHL record. Uh, second in goals for at 305. First in goals against at 177 with an absolute kick-ass uh, goalie tandem there. <clears throat> of course, though. Only to come through and blow the 3-1 lead in the first round to the Florida Panthers and sadly not advance. I loved this team, man, and this one hurt. Uh, I mean, you and me were there watching some of these games on vacation yeah. during this series, um, and I ended up seeing Game 7 back here at home uh, where we lost that one with 52 seconds to go when we were up, I think, 3-2 already. And, you know... That man, that one, that one definitely sucked. Uh, but still, you cannot knock this team. 135 points in the regular season is absolutely insane. Um, I mean, Pasta was absolutely incredible throughout the year. So was so was everybody else, uh, honestly. Um, and, and you've got some of the great guys, you know, like Krejci and Bergeron that oh, had a sneeze coming there. Had they're like last year's with us, um, and I think. It could be different if we were doing this directly after the offseason. This would sting a little more, and I would probably bring this team down. Uh, yeah. Not as high up on my list. But to be able to see, everybody wrote us off this year, man. Oh, they lost too many people. There's no way they can emulate that success again. No way that this Bruins team, they might not even make the playoffs. Blah, 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 blah. Bullshit here, bullshit there. All of that aside, 
we are still second in the East now. So this team was able to carry over the success, which I think is huge. Um, and you can really say that last year's team established most of that winning, that winning culture, that mentality, yeah, winning mentality. Um, and and at least you know, while that loss to the Panthers does hurt and giving up that series, they then go on to beat, I think, the uh, Maple Leafs in what six games? No, five games. They go to beat the Maple Leafs in five games, and then the next team, the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals, who we thought may have been our biggest threat all year, the Canes didn't even get a game against them. Right. The Canes got swept in the Conference Finals. And so I look back at it now, and I'm like, yes, that, that loss sucks. But we at least got three off these guys. Um, and they went all the way to the Finals, and they look damn good, and they're number one in the East right now. So, I mean... They were not your regular eight seed. They had way too many injuries throughout the year and just skated in to get there. And then once they got to the playoffs, they get to bring the team back together. And you're facing a team that should have been a fucking three or four seed yeah. at the eight seed. We got a shit draw, but we still put up three there. Um, and, you know, I, I wish it would have ended differently, but uh, you get the President's Trophy. We know how that curse goes. And now we'll see what we can do this year. But I got them at five. Yeah, no, I think that's a good five. Uh, I think obviously the memorable part is watching Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron with that that hug at the end of the game there, yeah. and and just that breakdown that Marchand had. So, um, yeah, um, I don't. Again, great team, President's Cup. Uh, you know, just ran through the year, but uh, very. Uh, offensive and defensive. I mean, you have one, a one B, uh, with the goalie situation, but, um, yeah, uh, I think we already alluded to where I put my teams. Maybe, maybe go ahead and give us your number five here, then. Well, my number five will be quick because we already touched on them. The Oh seven Oh eight Boston Celtics. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So we are very close there. Um, <clears throat> okay. Moving on. Then we get to, Number four, still top five. Now we're top four. Uh, fuck, I didn't mean to exit that out, but that'll work. Uh, for my number four, I think this is the first that we've mentioned this team. Uh, the 14-2 and two Super Bowl champion, 2016 New England Patriots, or as most people know this team, as the 28-3 to three Patriots. The greatest comeback in any sport ever, <laughs> ever. Um, I mean, this, this was incredible, the 28-3 to three comeback. And uh, some people may fault this team for getting themselves in that situation. I say good teams get themselves in that situation. Great teams get them get themselves out of it. And that's what we fucking did. We went down 25 points in the biggest game of the season and still come back to win it. Oh, my God. And I can still I, – I know it. The You know, James White to the outside gets in. Oh, my God. And Brady's got his fifth. And it was just – this was just an incredible team. Um, the two games before this against the Texans – beat them pretty handedly same thing with the Steelers in the AFC championship um do keep in mind this team like I said 14 and 2 this was also the team that uh, this is also why they're so high for me this was the fuck you Goodell team this was the team that had Tom Brady suspended for four games at the start of the year and one of those losses was against the Bills when Jacoby Brissett had to fill in because Garoppolo was hurt for this week and we lose that game 16 to nothing with a Brady with a non-suspended Brady on our side, 
for this mm -hmm. whole entire year. We're going 15 and one. We're only losing that game to the Seahawks in week 10 again. Um, and, and, and I mean, we're still winning it all, but I honestly, looking back on it, man, and the memory that I have of us and, and my buddies there watching this game and watching this comeback, uh, I wouldn't trade this season for the world. I want to do it the exact same way. I want to see, I want to see the comeback the exact same way. I want to see everything about it. This team was absolutely great. I got them at number four. All right. My number four is I, well, I guess I did this wrong with, with the dates and all, but I got the 03 2004 Patriot winning 14 and two team. Um, I loved how, so previously I just said, wait, so you mean this is, this is this the Eagles is team, the Eagles. Yep. Okay. So where I have them at seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, I loved how previously I just mentioned Belichick GM trading way, uh, lawyer Malloy. I loved how this year we just replace Anton Smith with Corey Dillon and just keep on running that ball. Um, yeah. you know, I loved how he was able to just to plug in these, these running backs for a while. Um, and again, defensive team and winning it in the end against Philadelphia Eagles. So I have them at number four. Like I said, man, I, like you mentioned about Corey Dillon, I mean, it's absolutely amazing there. 1,600 yards is nothing to bat an eye about. That's, that's no. great for a running back, uh, especially now when you think about it. We're thinking about this in a 17-game perspective. They're only playing 16 back then. Yeah. So it's even more impressive for sure. Uh, that is a good team. Um, all right. Top three, top three, top three. So we are not, uh, we are not new to this team as obviously dad mentioned them a little earlier at my number three, this is where I have the 07, 08, 16 and no new England Patriots. Mm. Now I know it's a little high and you know, people are going to come at me and be like, yeah, but there's no championship. Dude, I don't fucking care. Did you see this team? Did you actually see this team on the field? I know we didn't get the championship and it's going to suck. And it's, and it's always going to haunt us. Cause we could have had, the first undefeated season. And I still have freaking nightmares about the David Tyree catch. Yes. But all that aside, if you take all of that aside, this team was arguably the greatest football team ever. Ever. Not even just Patriots team. Ever. Um, so, yes, I have them at three, and it would have been awesome to see them win this game. Um, but, I mean, you touched on it. The, the fucking some of the beatdowns in the regular season and, and just the offensive – strength of this team i mean dude they averaged 36.8 points per game that is insane that is over five touchdowns a game it's disgusting and then they were fourth in defensive points per game at 17.1 steam was gross should have won it all fuck the giants but i got them at number three what about you my number three is the 2018 boston red Sox team um yeah, we haven't touched on them. 108 and 54. Um, I think, you know, beginning of the John Henry um, process and putting, what was this? Um, Alex Cora's first, first yeah. run. It was. Um, yeah, no, I loved, I loved this team. World Series winners. Um, I have them at number three. 
man, this is awesome. Because I think I know. Oh, actually, maybe I, maybe I don't know. I know where one of your next two is because I mean it's my next one. Okay. Um, not <clears throat> not twenty eighteen, but I know that I this might be your number one. Then I want to see at number two. This is where I have the two thousand four. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I I, this team obviously you bring it back in uh the first title in how many years was like 92, 98 or something. 86 years. 86. I was close. Whatever. It's up there. Um and the thing is, like, there's the story of that, which makes this obviously a big a big championship year. But one thing that you will never be able to take away from us from this year, outside of the ring. Outside of the sweep in the World Series, is the fact that in the arguably the greatest sports rivalry across all leagues, we came back from 3 0 in the ALCS to come back and beat the New York Yankees here, man. This team was fucking great. Team was great. Yeah. And, and I mean, some of the, uh, I mean, dude, you just go down the list here Jason Veritek, Kevin Millar, freaking uh, Manny Mar- Ramirez, Johnny Damon, Gabe Kapler, David Ortiz, Kevin Euclid, Nomar, Trot Nixon, Dave Robert. I mean, dude, this team was stacked. Um, the the pitching, Bronson Arroyo, Kurt Schilling, Derek Lowe, Tim Wakefield, Pedro Martinez is an absolutely disgusting uh top five there. And yeah, this team this team was super good, man. This team was really, really good. And uh I wish I could remember more of it because obviously it was an amazing story and everything like that, but um, I, I am still happy that, you know, like you've mentioned before in this podcast, I saw it, I saw it happen. And this is, this is what led me down the path of being such a huge Boston sports fan. So I, I, I have a lot of love for this team, a lot of love for this title. I got them at number two. Yeah. Number two. And just following up, I mean, look at this, Derek Lowe closes out against the Anaheim angels, the winning pitcher. He does it against the New York Yankees. And he does it in the World Series. Yep. Just and, goes to show, man. And you have Kurt Schilling as your ace. But it was Derek Lowe that ended up coming through in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think at that point he was, you know, underrated. Came from Seattle Mariners. We ended up getting him. Yeah. I remember that now because I think, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, you asked me the question and I said Papelbon, that was 07, but... Instead, you were like, no, Derek Lowe. I remember that now. Well, Keith Folk was the one who caught the last. I yeah. threw it to, uh, uh, I forget the first, uh, I know his first name, David. You, um, mm-hmm. The first baseman, Mikovich or whatever. He came from Minnesota. He still has the ball. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can give it to me. That'd be pretty cool. That would. Um, all right. Well, then. That brings us over to number one, and uh, I'll start off at the end of our list here. You just mentioned him, I think, at your number three, um, but uh, I think this is, you know, the, the way that I view this team is if the 22-23 Bruins would have won the title with them breaking their record in the regular season and everything, they would have been up here contending with this team. But this team put up insane amount of wins, uh, we got 108 in the regular season, 108 and 54. I think we finished it out at, what was it, like 119, I think, after the playoff yes. wins. Yep. Somewhere around there. Absolutely historic. I still remember watching this 
uh, I had a huge exam the next day uh, in college, but I sat up and I was in the lobby of the library just watching um, game five there. Chris Sale goes out, throws it. He gets Manny Machado on the slider. Everybody's out there like uh, they're studying and everything like that. They're so excited. I went fucking nuclear in the lobby because we just won the World Series. It was <laughs> it was awesome. This team was so much fun. And, and this was the team too that, um, what did they start out, dude? It's like 27 and two. Am, am I thinking that? I think they had an absolutely like insane start to a year. I'm pretty sure it was 27 and two and had a run of like 19 straight wins at some point. Yes. Um, yep. Or 21 and two. Is this a, no, 17 and two. That was the run through 19, uh, finished off. I mean, they won 21 and seven in March and April, 18 and 11 in May, 17, and 10 in June, 19 and six in July, 18 and nine in August, 15 and 11 in September. Um, this team was so much fun, man. And, and this is, you know, what I think about now, until we until we got something to look forward to for the Sox again, I'm gonna keep clinging on to the 2018 title team, um, and you know we just moved on from Chris Sale and everything this off season, and it's sad to see these guys go, but you'll never be able to take this season away from me. This was, and this is the most. Did this happen after? Yeah, this happened after the Rams Pat Super Bowl that year too. Then, because that was in February. So this is this is my most recent. Uh, championship that I've seen the one yeah. I was the oldest for and the one that I could you know I was the biggest fan for and, and that big about the sports it's my most recent one so one I'm going to hold on to it for a long time I love this 2018 uh, Red Sox team and that's why I got them at my number one my number one is the 85-86 Boston Celtics 67-15 and I, what I remember um, is bringing in Bill Walton and the guy just had history of injuries, and he ends up playing 82 games this year. Or I'm sorry. Awesome. Uh, no, 80 games. So. Um, one of the things that I had written down and in remembering these players, Scott Wedman, I was a big fan of him as well, loved him coming off and giving Larry Bird some rest and all, but Larry Bird ended up into the playoffs playing 268 out of the 288 minutes. In the That's finals. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely wild. But I mean, just having Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Larry Bird, and Bill Walton on that, uh, on that court, that front court, and some of the passes that were able to be made from those from those guys, you could just plug and play them. Um, yeah, I think Bill Walton. You know, you can watch uh, another documentary. I think that was on ESPN, just talking about his fond memories and him as a player. And he will always mention about coming in and playing with this team and how nervous he was uh, in training camp. And I just remember some incredible passes that he was able to make at that power forward position just to Larry Bird. It was it was a sick team. Did they did they have a 30 for 30 on Bill Walton? Is that what I'm thinking about? The one that you're yeah. talking? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think I, I think I have seen that. I was like, I know I've seen something about him. Uh it's yeah. it's gotta have been that one. But I mean ends um, up winning the six man of the year award. Yeah. It was 
I mean, for a guy that was broken, yeah, absolutely broken, and ends up playing 80 games out of 82. It's a great, it's a great story behind it, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, that's, I mean, that's the 10. Uh, I'll, I'll go through quickly here just the honorable mention. Do you have any as well that you wrote down, or did you just have your 10? I, I have my 10, but I think that uh, honorable mention that I was looking to put in, which is so funny because we haven't done any Red Sox talk, and my honorable mention was the 78 Red Sox. So if, you know, if I had them honorable mention and then I had two Red Sox, number three and number two, um, for all those that don't think we love the Red Sox, um, yes, we do. Yeah. I know. I was I was thinking about that when I made this. I was just like, we don't talk. I mean, we talk shit on the Red Sox, but I got my number one, number two, and number eight with the Red Sox. So don't ever say we don't like the Red Sox here, guys. Exactly. Don't say we don't it. like the we don't like the current Red Sox, but we love the Red Sox. Okay, we will turn it around this year, hopefully. Um. All right. Well, then the other honorable mentions I had, like I mentioned earlier, uh, 2010, 2011 Bruins. I got the 0102 Patriots, uh, 2018, 2019 Patriots. Uh, again, th- those are the Rams Patriots, but I mean that uh, whatever about that Super Bowl. We've talked about that before. And then yeah. I got the 2018, 2019 Bruins who ended up losing to the St. Louis Blues in seven. Um, and then as well as whichever one that you were talking about that I didn't have on here, I think, yeah, it's the Panthers Patriots. Oh, oh, three, oh, four. Uh, I wish I had included them in here too, in the honorable mention. So that's, uh, that's going to be that, um, and that's going to be the end of that segment. And in turn, our episode here, uh, before I wrap this up, Dad, do you have anything uh, last that you would like to say to the listeners before episode seven is done? Our, our longest episode so far. I hope you stay and listen to the entire thing. Um, yeah, upcoming. Um, we have some exciting uh, opportunities upcoming a um uh interview uh that we're planning um with a local sports uh club soccer club down here um we have i think in march a very exciting opportunity for our fans to get some fan engagement with um as we head into ncaa time so those things are upcoming um why don't you let the listeners know again how they can reach out? Yeah, for any questions or anything else you would like to uh, say, uh, as always, on all social media platforms, we, we've got the we got the Twitter and the Instagram set up at a new era podcast uh, on Facebook. The name is once again just a new era podcast. Same name that we've got on whatever listening platform uh, you are streaming us on right now uh and then our email a new era podcast at gmail.com if you got any comments questions concerns you want to let us know um if you did enjoy the episode or have enjoyed any of the previous ones so far uh we would highly appreciate if you go in there you can leave a rating on any platform that you're doing five stars and we'll we'll give you a nice little hug uh or you can follow us on any of your streaming platforms as well to be notified of what time every monday our new episodes come out um I think I wrapped that up. I think that was good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all good. That's it. That's well, it. The, the Facebook for us old folks. I said Facebook. It's just a new oh. era podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't listening. 
Yeah, I know. We, we <laughs> tuned out. It's been too long, yeah. right? We, fuck it. Oh, yeah, it was almost... No, it wasn't two hours. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's going to be it, guys, listeners. Thank you guys so much. Episode seven. Now Episode done. That is, seven. That is crazy. We have done this for seven, seven weeks now. And, well, uh, no, we, six weeks. We did a back-to-back. Yeah, One and true. two we did quick, but... Good point. Well, we'll be back in the seventh week for episode eight next Monday. Um, have a great week, uh, and we appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. Bella's got to go potty. It's about time to wrap this up. So uh, that'll be it for this episode, and I'll catch you guys and you next week, Dad. Love you, son. Love you, too.